So I just wanted to kind of share, really it's just a short little message this morning because we had all these baptisms and so much that was, was happening here today. And I just wanted to share something that I felt like is a great message to hear or, or to teach on in light of so many people making such a significant decision here this morning, getting baptized, professing Christ, choosing to follow him and dedicate their lives to serving and obeying him. And uh, so I'm titling the message, Breakout, Breakout. Because here's the thing, when we make a decision to follow Christ with our lives and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we're not just sucked right up into heaven to go be with Jesus right now. At least that's not the way it goes most of the time, right? We're here and we still have a life to live. We're on this earth and it's for a reason. It's for a reason and that means that we have a purpose. God has created each and every one of us uniquely with gifts and abilities, with unique personalities. He has specifically fashioned each and every person in this room to accomplish something great in this world with the time that we get to be here on this earth. And so I'm entitling it Break Out because when we make a decision to accept Christ and we get baptized and we confess that before men, that it's time now to take steps forward in our lives to recognize and realize and live for that greater purpose that God has created us for. And it's a life that isn't just meaningless or uh, miserable or anything like that. If somebody sold you that, it's a false bill of goods. It's a life that's full of adventure, excitement, passion, and it is it's full of joy and peace. It's not easy. It won't be simple. There's definitely trials, but it's something that we are to live out for the remainder of our days in power and in victory and in a way that impacts the world around us that we're living in. I want to take you to the passage in Matthew chapter 28. And this is the final comments, the closing comments in the gospel of Matthew. And this is Jesus is speaking these words right before he ascends to go to be with the Father in heaven. And he's basically giving the command to the disciples and to the church that he's came to help establish. It says, go, verse 19, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus is closing points, his closing comments were really all about this idea that we're going to go and preach the good news. Jesus died and crucified and resurrected and risen again. We're going to go and preach the good news and we're going to make disciples while we're doing that. Now, a disciple is important that we understand as we are believers in Christ, what that means to each and every one of us. It means that we are engaged in the process of being discipled, of growing, and of walking out our faith. Another way in the Bible it says is work out your salvation, meaning to walk out in a progressive way, growing stronger in your faith and accomplishing with your life fully the things that God intends for you to accomplish. And so we want to be disciple. We want to grow. Those of us that got baptized today, 
this isn't the, you know, this, your salvation in heaven is secure, but we want to live out now this life that God died for us to have, this time before we go to eternity. We want to live it out with power, with vigor, with passion, and to be in line with the gifts and purposes that God has created us for. So how do we do that? How do we, you know, get discipled? How do we grow up in our faith? Well, there's a few things that we know the Bible tells us that we can do. First of all, he wants us to be plugged into a good church. We talked a little bit about this last week in our service, but getting to be a part of a community, being a part of a family, of a church body, where we can serve as a member in that body and to help build and establish something bigger than ourselves. Because when we get plugged in to something that's bigger than us, and God has a plan that's way bigger than each and every, even bigger than all of us in this room put together, when we plug into that as a part of a great body of believers, we begin to grow and get strengthened and get sharpened in a way that nothing else can do for us. So if we're going to get discipled and raised strong in our faith and do things that God's created us for and use our gifts and see things flourish in our lives at a level we've never even imagined, we've got to get plugged in and be a part of a good church body. Now listen, if you're here and you're just visiting, you may very well be a part of a great church, and that's awesome. Stay plugged in. Get drive your roots down deep and, and get involved in what's happening in that church and, and the work that God is doing there. And I would say this, there's a lot of great churches in this community. In fact, be honest with you, I don't know of a bad one. I truly don't. I've met lots of the pastors here in the Waterloo area, in the Columbia area, surrounding areas. I have yet to find a person that I don't think is called by God. And I would say that wherever that is that you're going to call home, wherever it is, Man, plant your roots and drive them deep and begin to let God use you. Don't be an island out to yourself that just you just attend on Sundays and come and go or here and there. Really get connected and become a part of what's happening in that church. Number two, get around godly leaders. Get around people who are that, that can, you know, leaders in the church that can really speak to you and, and help raise you up strong and can direct you. People that have walked with the Lord for a number of years who represent and identify or there's evidence of spiritual maturity and fruit in their lives. You know, we got to call it for what it is. And, and the Bible says you can know a tree by its fruit. And so you want to make sure you're wise about this and you want to make sure you're letting the right people speak into your life. But it's good to find leaders and mentors and people that have walked with God, that there's fruit in their life that can help you and direct you and steer you in the right direction. People that have your best interest in mind. Maybe they won't always say exactly what you want to hear. It might not always be the easiest thing to, to, I, to, to take, but at the end of the day, if they have your best interest in mind, they're called and led by God, you can trust that the Lord will use them to help direct you in the way that he would have you to go. And sometimes we need to hear tough things that challenge us in order for us to grow and move forward. It's not always easy stuff that we get to hear in order to grow and get discipled and move forward in our lives. Am I making sense? Yeah. Another thing you can do is ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. You know, I know sometimes people, I've heard people say like, well, you know, I was a part of a church or this or that. It's like, you know, you just didn't really want you to say anything. They didn't really want to ask questions or whatever. I'm like, 
I just, I don't get that, you know, I don't understand because like I've only figured out things in a lot of ways by asking questions and I've asked God a lot of questions and I've prayed about a lot of things and he's given me answers on a lot and he hasn't given me answers on some, but I've asked a lot of questions to other people around me that I trusted, that I knew had my best interest in mind and say, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? And here's what that means, guys. If you're going to ask questions, that means you've got to be able to invest some time. You've got to be able to put yourself in a position where, you know what, I've got a lot going on in my life, but this is important. Like, I want to grow. I want to raise up strong in my faith. I want to do what God's called me to do. So I'm going to invest some time to build relationships, to meet with people, to seek people out that I can ask some questions that I've been pondering and wondering for a long time about, like, why do bad things happen to good people? And, you know, just stuff that maybe the Bible doesn't have every answer that you're looking for, but it definitely has answers on things that will help you grow strong in your faith and move forward. Ask a lot of questions. You know, my kids are great at this. <laughs> I mean, they ask so many questions. It's like one question that leads to another and leads to another. And I haven't figured out how to stop them yet. They're just on a roll. We were going out. We went out and we've been deer hunting, you know, and I'm taking the different kids. We, we take turns, which one gets to go and sit out at the stand. And uh, I mean to tell you the questions, it's like, dad, what would you do if a bobcat came up right now? I don't know. I'd probably try to shoot it with my bow. Dad, what would you do if a bobcat and a wolf came out? And then they started fighting right in front of us. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably try to take a video of it. Oh, okay. Dad, what would you do if you were over at the house and I was here in the stand and a big buck came out? Oh, I, I don't know. I probably couldn't shoot it from over there. Oh, what if, Dad, what if I grabbed an arrow and threw it and hit it and killed it right there? And I did that. What would you do then? It's like the questions that kid asks, kids ask. You're just like, what in the world? And it's just one after another after another. Well, listen, it's, it's good to, to learn from kids sometimes, isn't it? And I mean, there's, there's funny questions and silly questions, but there's questions that are very significant. I would be willing to bet that each and every person that's here probably has some kind of question, some kind of thing, whether it's about the church, it's about your life, it's about the Bible, it's about something that perhaps, I'm not saying all of your answers come at one time, but a lot of times they come in layers, you know, sort of like one thing at a time, an uncovering process, a revealing process. And if the Lord is involved in it, if the Holy Spirit is involved in it through the relationships and, and the, the heart that you have with it, I promise you, he'll lead you and direct you and through the uncovering and unveiling of the answers and the wisdom of God to the questions that you as a man have and we have are going to help grow you stronger and move you forward in your purpose. Amen. Are you with me so far? Now, another thing that we have to do, and this isn't always easy, this is not easy, is we have to continue to remain what I will just call uh, pliable pliable in the hands of the Lord as he's growing us. And I'm going to read some passages to you out of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. And this is in chapter 18. It's about the potter and the clay. Verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making at the wheel, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. And then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord? 
Look at the clay in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O Israel, O house of Israel. And so the Bible gives us this, this picture, gives us this image of us, our lives, as we're like this clay. And God, he's this potter. He's this master craftsman that is wanting and desiring fully to change and transform and produce something that is an absolute masterpiece and work of art, not just out of this clay, but out of what we call our lives. God is very interested in working on us and using us to become what he's created us to become, which is someone great, full of purpose and full of destiny that impacts this world and builds God's kingdom. But in order for the clay to really be able to be used, the clay, it has to be pliable, meaning it has to be able to be fashioned and shaped and changed and moved around by the potter into something that the potter is choosing. Now, a couple of observations here that I take from this that I think are helpful. First of all, you've got to realize that we don't get all cleaned up and all worked out and all fixed before we start to get worked on. See, when we receive Christ, we get made clean right then and there. The folks that we saw today getting baptized, making the profession of faith, the moment they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I believe in what the Bible says, that they are made a new creation in Christ, that they were immediately forgiven of their sins, washed, made clean, made white as snow. Here's the point. We get clean first, and then we're able to get worked on by the Lord. There isn't anyone that comes to God ready and full of shape and full of purpose. The clay is shapeless until the potter gets his hands on it. Are you with me? We've got to receive Christ. We've got to become into, come into a relationship with him first so that we can first put ourselves into his hands to actually start to get worked on. And then from there, it's a process of remaining pliable. Many of the things I've already spoke about this morning help us to remain pliable, being involved in a good church, having godly people around us, certainly seeking the Lord, praying, reading our Bible, helping, God helping us. The Holy Spirit is what does the transforming on the inside. It's interesting. The clay in itself cannot possibly know what it's created for or what it's supposed to be. It doesn't have the ability within its natural self as it is to know what it's created to become. The potter is the one that has the vision for what it is that he wants to do with the clay. Can I just tell you, we have great visions and aspirations and dreams, right? Many, everybody has got dreams, but God has put dreams in us that he created us for so that he can raise us up to fulfill those things. And apart from a relationship with God and him working on us, it's not possible for us to achieve the things that God has created us to live for and to, and to do throughout our lives. The gifts that are supernatural that God gives us cannot be used and realized and, and stirred up apart from God doing them in us and his supernatural work. So we have to remain pliable. And that means even during the good 
and the bad times. When things are going great in our lives, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's really not that difficult to celebrate, to be excited, to stay on track, to stay on course, right? When things are happening, it's like, you know, we're celebrating a victory or whatever. It's, it's not as difficult to remain pliable during those times, but it's when things get tough and things get hard and the trials, they come and we don't understand them. We can't really answer why. And I just got to tell you, you might not ever know why some of the things are happening to you that are happening to you. But what you have to remember is that even through those difficult times, our God, the Lord we serve, can still use you and shape you and mold you if you will remain pliable and trust Him even through the most difficult of seasons and situations that you'll go through. But what happens a lot of times when things get tough is that we as people, we tend to lose our pliability. We kind of get hard. We get sort of stiff, not as easy to shape and move and mold around. We, we get frustrated and then we tend to want to do things our own way. We want to just sort of take control. We want to force a result. We want to, I'm going to make sure that this thing happens or I'm going to do this. And I'm not saying we're not to be proactive or active in what we do. I'm saying there's a big difference in us remaining pliable in the hands of God, even through the tough times when the answers don't come at the rate or speed we'd like, and versus us just grabbing control and then just getting out from under the hands of the potter's wheel. Because you know what happens whenever that, that clay at the potter's wheel, when it starts to resist or it pulls away from what it is that the potter is trying to do with it and shape it to be, you know what happens? It gets crushed. It's, I'm, you don't get crushed. I'm just kidding with you. But it, it, gets, it, it falls down into nothing, right? Because the potter, if the clay tries to go its own way and do its own thing, then the potter loses the ability to be able to fashion it and shape it into what it is that he's creating it for. And God wants to grow us up all strong, folks. He wants to grow us up to do great things, and it's a process of working out our faith as we walk through this life. I want nothing more for my life, for my family, and for my kids to be able to say that we went after God with everything that we had, with our whole heart, that we loved Him, that we served Him. We weren't perfect, ain't ever going to be perfect. I know that but that we're going after what it is that God has for us in our lives and that he's using us in a mighty way and we're growing up strong in our faith, being discipled more and more every day to become who God's created us to be. And I desire to lead and pastor in such a way that inspires, edifies, and strengthens other people to do the same thing. Because what I know, as sure as I stand here today, I know because it's in the word of God that God has something world-changing inside each and every every person sitting here. We can't even imagine what it looks like. God has something so big that the desires of our heart pale in comparison to the fullness and the fruition of what those things look like when the Lord develops them, if we'll remain pliable in his hands through the days that we walk out on this earth. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me? And I just want to close with this. I want to close with this. When Jesus got baptized, he got baptized by John the Baptist, right? And 
Bible says he went down. John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy of this, you know. I'm sure we would all think that. And Jesus comes down. He says, no, it's just the way it's supposed to be. And so John baptizes him. And then he comes out. It's interesting what happens right after he gets baptized. Think about us. Right after we make a decision to serve God, to follow God, to do something great for God with our lives. What happens right away? First things that happen is he goes into the wilderness and he gets tempted by the devil. He gets tempted. Can I tell you something? The devil hates it when you get excited about what God has for you. He ain't going to sit back. And, and the Bible tells us that the weapons that we fight are, are not carnal, but spiritual, right? And, and the, the enemy, he wants to kill you. He wants to wipe you out. He wants to silence everything about what God's created you to do. And he'll, he'll stop at nothing to make that happen. So Jesus gets baptized. He goes out and he gets tempted. But he overcomes. And we, because we carry Christ, the Holy Spirit in us, we, in fullness. The Bible says that God doesn't give the Spirit by measure. That means the fullness of God, what Jesus walked in the authority of, we walk in that same full authority. Not a measure of, not a margin of, not a smaller version of, the fullness of it. God doesn't give the Spirit by measure. And so Jesus comes out and he overcomes because, you know what, we're overcomers. And he demonstrated that for us. But he also gave it to us. We're overcomers. The Bible says that. So we're going to get tempted after we make a statement with our lives, after we confess that we're going to do something great, and the enemy's going to try and take you out. He's going to cause you to doubt it. He's going to cause you to question it. He might even send people around to discourage you. He might try to get you depressed. He might tell you you're not worth anything. You don't have any gifts. You don't have any abilities. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the lies. If God said it, why would it not be true? God says it. It's good enough for me, and he says it in his word. We're all full of gifts. We're all full with abilities, and God's created us for something magnificent. Don't believe that the lies, the lies that the enemy will feed you. And then the next thing that Jesus did when he came out of the wilderness after being tempted. Oh, I love it. He went out. He did two things, and, and, and the Gospels kind of have them both there in different orders. But he came out, and he called leaders. He raised disciples. He called the fishermen in the boat. He said, come and follow me. Let's go do something great. Let's go build something world-changing. Let's go share the good news. And they followed him with their lives. And then you know what else he did? He went out and he went to begin and began his ministry. And this is why I close with in Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Put that up there if you can, Jake. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. It says that when he came out of the wilderness and he went to pursue his ministry. Can I tell you something? We all have a ministry. It doesn't necessarily have to be being up here on a church platform. There's a ministry, which means a work of service, of using your life devoted to something great that God can use to build his kingdom. It could be in a job. It can be in a community. It can be in a family. It can be anywhere. He wants to use you for a ministry. Jesus went and began his ministry. And what does it say? He went in the power of the Spirit. This life that God has for you, it's not dry. It's full of power. It's full of world-changing, supernatural power. I hope you don't doubt that. I hope you don't think you can do it on your own, in your natural strength, because you can't. God has to get involved. His spirit has to work through you in order to do something supernatural, not natural. And the calling that your life is made for and created for is one of a supernatural nature because it's world-changing and it's kingdom-building.
And God has created each and every one of us for that. I hope, if nothing else, from today, that you are compelled, that the Lord is in some way working on you and speaking to you and saying to you, you are created for something great. You are here for something significant. Your life is unique. There's no one in the world that looks like you and no one else that's created with the same gifts and talents and abilities fashioned together in a way I've created you. You're going to serve a purpose that no one else can serve. Without your destiny coming to fruition, a void will be left. God's kingdom is hinging upon all of us in this world. His kingdom being built in the day and age that we live in right now. Hinging upon all of us who love Jesus saying, I'm here for a reason. And I'm going to seek it out. I'm going to be pliable. And I'm going to let the Lord use me, work on me, and fashion me. And I'm going to see great and mighty things that I could never do on my own. Amen.